Hello and welcome to the latest episode in the Wolves Fancast series, Stories from the Pack. Uh, Ryan Hooper here as ever and um, really at the start of every episode I just want to take a moment just to thank everybody who continues to support the series, uh, everybody who's listened and provided feedback and for all the, the guests that have um, contributed so far as well. Um, having a lot of fun recording these um, so I hope you're having fun listening as well and I'm sure this one uh, will be no exception. So in terms of the episode now, uh, joining me on this episode is a wall season ticket holder and a supporter for over 30 years. Uh, he's small in stature but big on enthusiasm. Uh, the next voice you'll hear will be one that many fans will have heard on the South Bank over the years and that is Mr David Powell. How are you? I'm all right, thanks Soups. Um... Very glad to be here and, and in esteemed company as well. I've enjoyed listening to this series and uh, I feel quite honoured to join the long list of um, participants. No, brilliant. And, and, and thanks for coming on. And just to, to put everyone in the picture as well, uh, before we get going, it's a different one for, for me, but different in a good way because people that I've done this series with in particular, I've, I say I've met, virtually met for the first time, but... Um, me and uh, Mr. Powell, Knocker, as he's affectionately known, are, are good friends and, and very much a cherished friend. So although some of the stories we'll be hearing today may be shared, what I love about this is we don't always get the chance as friends and people that we know to sit down and say, take me back. What was your first memory? What was your first time? So I'll be hearing stories for the first time today. So I'm really excited. I'm really grateful for you uh, coming along. So yeah, start as we always do at the beginning. Um, when did your Wolves story start? Well, I'm hoping we'll still be friends at the end of this hoop. So <laughs> I'm sure we will. Um, my, my, well, my, my Wolves story started, I, I was quite late. Um, I was around 13, 14 when I, when I first started supporting Wolves. Just to give a bit of a backdrop, I, um, I, my, I didn't have a father when I was younger. My dad died a month before I was born. So I didn't really have that that father figure around and no one to really instill any knowledge or excitement around football. Mm -hmm. And and around the time I sort of went to secondary school, the, the kids I, I hung around with were not really football fans. You had the couple token Man U and Liverpool fans, you know, they had they had a duvet and a pencil set, but that's mm -hmm. that's about it. There was they were not really into it. And my earliest memory of Wolves was when I, I think I to get a bit of money in, I, I started to paper around like most kids do when I was about 13, 14. And as you'd walk around, you're delivering the papers, you also read them, you know, get a bit of a freebie. And, and, and I started to read the back pages and all about this team, Wolves. And, and this would have been about 84, 85. So, you know, probably Wolves' darkest years. And, and of course, they weren't all, only on the back pages, they were on the front, you know, with all all of the history around um, the, the, the Batties. And, and at that time, it would have been around the time um, that the Wolves Council and, and characters like Dick Holmden, Jack Carris, um, John Berg would, would have been rescuing the club. So there was a lot of interest around that and a lot of information in the papers. And, and I remember just thinking, wow, you know, this, this, we've got a football team and I didn't really know that much about them. And, I've always been very patriotic about my hometown as it was then, Wolverhampton and 
it just ignited an interest. So I really followed them from afar. Um, and, and, you know, occasionally I'd ride my bike up to Molly on a Sunday when it was quiet. I'd, I'd never go on a match day because mum always said to me, you know, don't go up town on match days. It's scary. There's always fighting, etc. So I'd, I'd ride my bike up and just ride around Molyneux, this scary, almost derelict place with graffiti on walls and quite, um, yeah, quite an imposing structure. Um, and I remember thinking, God, I'd love to go to a match. I'd love to experience this. And and I didn't actually go to my first game until I was about 16. It was about 86, 87 season. And I, I got a... I, I got a job in a, in a shop, so I got some money and, and I managed to save a bit of money and I thought, right, I'm going to go to a game. And it was, I remember it was late in audience at home and I, always, I remember it because I remember the, I was fascinated by the badge, the two, is it dragons or, or are the angry seahorses? I don't know, but the, yeah, the two, yeah. two red dragony type things on the badge and I, remember, I always remember it was late in audience. And, and I don't remember much about the game but I, I certainly remember the day, and so so I, I live in I live I live in Parkfields, which is um, council estates on the east on the east end of town. Um, it was you know proceeds to be quite a rough estate, and I'm not sure it's improved that much. But it's a great place. Um, but but I walked to town. I remember I walked down Steelers Lane. Had a chat to the ladies of the night because they were all you know, and I think <laughs> I was a kid. And, but but this was part of the. It was. I felt like I was walking into that man's world. You know, the mm. scary walk down into Wolverhampton on on my own, and I went to Ron Flowers. I bought a scarf, the old type scarves with the black and white stripes, and I thought. I remember leaving Ron Flowers thinking, oh, "I'm a proper fan now. I've got a scarf. Mm. I'm going to the game," and and I sort of just mingled in with the crowd on the way. All these all these drunk, beer-soaked men, you know, scary men. And, and I remember walking through the subway for the first time. And al- although the crowd wasn't very big, it was a Saturday afternoon, um, and I think there was only a few thousand there, it was still one of the, even now, it was one of the scariest things I've ever done for the first time. And... Uh, I just I just remember walking up to the Molyneux for the first time and I forget how much it was. It was it wasn't it was one pound eighty or one pound fifty to get in. It was something ridiculous. Might have even been cheaper than that. And I just remember that that you go through the gates up to the, the South Bank and this little gap you walk this this little hole in the wall and this foreboding terrace and the smell of it just, it was a strange smell and the aura, Money you had such an aura about it then. The South Bank was just incredible, you know, at that time. Even, and I, I looked up the um, the game, I remember Muchy scored mm. um, and Muchy was a big hero of mine at the start, you know, uh, before Bull. Um, and I looked it up and it was it was 3-1 to us, Much, Handysides and Stout. So that would have been Ian Handyside and Stevie Stout. I love Stevie Stout, another favourite of mine. And, and the attendance was four thousand three hundred and fifty-six. Wow! So uh, yeah, it it just shows, and I think what what's great with this as well is there'll be people listening to us that will relate because they would have been of a similar era, 
um, and they would have been there on those days. But I also think it's important for those who perhaps have come on board in, in recent years who aren't aware of the history and the ground as it was. And, and you know, you put that in terms of, you know, context, you know, with the, with the attendance. But I think, you, you know, you were talking there about the subway and I think, you know, it, it's infamous for a lot of people, the subway, and it's part of the, the match day routine. And I know in recent years, they've done a fantastic job of sort of uh, marking the, the heritage of the club and painting it and making it sort of unique. But there was something about that that subway and an aura to it, um, which perhaps fans of this generation have, haven't haven't seen. And and the, it's yes, we're biased, as I always say on this, and we shouldn't make any apologies of of it. But yeah, there was there's, there was an aura about it. But from from what you're saying, your your sort of weighing was the fact that you're a local lad, born in Parkfields, you're aware it's your local team, you didn't have a a handheld wane to it in terms of you know the stereotypical way but you yeah. kind of took it upon yourself you didn't perhaps have friends that were interested but you were kind of you saw on the paper this wall team and thought I want to be a part of that and did you kind of when you're walking up to see the, the game although these figures and people were probably all alien to you and these guys a lot older kind of thought oh these are my people as cliche is that saying oh yeah 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 I, I mean like I say it was I, I, it was almost like a coming of age thing because I'm like I'm doing what blokes do and what men do and, and because I hadn't had that father figure around me and and there was that side to it but yeah and I and I think and I'll come on to this I'm sure later when we talk about the present day but but this was the pack and I and I know I know that the marketing team at the moment is spot on and and it's all it has been sanitised a bit and it has been it was a more inclusive. I mean, when I went in the, in the mid eighties, it wasn't inclusive. You know, you didn't get many, many girls and women there. Um, Wolves fans looked and acted a certain way because that, that was that era. And Wolves now is a lot more inclusive and it's for the better. But I do think that the subway for all of its decoration, it's still got that edge. It's still, and I, I love the way they've got that balance. And the same in Molyneux. Molyneux, you hear many people say that Molyneux is a great place to play because it's got that edge. You know, the, the games against City, Man United in the Cup, you could feel that rawness that Molyneux still got. And I, I think it's a, this is why it would be a tragedy if we ever left it or they ever did anything there that made it beyond recognition because it needs to keep that edge. But, but going back to the early days, I mean, crikey, Fans never spoiled, you know. The, the South Bank, um, you, you walked up, what I remember, you walked up, and it was just a series of walls at the back. So the toilets at the back of the South Bank was, was basically a wall and a gutter. So you'd, you'd walk round, and certainly the ones that I used on the right-hand side, there was no roof. So you'd literally just be peeing up a wall. And that, that's if you made it that far. Most people just, just had a pee. So you'd have <laughs> streams of... Yes, running down the, the South Bank terraces. And you know somebody had knocked, somebody had tapped on the shoulder and say, Watch your legs, mate. You don't you you just run through, you know, and <laughs> you think, God, did we really did this really exist? But that was it, you yeah. know. And, 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 and the other thing I learned very quickly as well with the terrace is to stand, you know, the old stanchions. I made the mistake in my first game of standing behind standing behind one and leaning on it. And of course the first goal I had 30, 20 stone drunk men land on my back and you think, 
right, next time I'm going to stand with the stanchion behind me. And I soon learned that lesson. <laughs> and you mentioned the South Bank there. And, I, and the reason I want to talk a little bit about it is because I mentioned in, in, the, in the introduction even um, about the South Bank because I, it, it does kind of, you and the South Bank to me is someone I, as I've known for a long time. You kind of go hand in hand and... And I think, and, and as, as, as you referenced there, which we will come on to a little bit later when we talk about the pack and, and some of the relationships we've made, but, um, but you know, I, I don't want to gloss over the, it too much, but the South Bank t to you, was, was that in the early games, was that the only place you wanted to be in? And yeah. that sort of changed and, you know, because... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not there now. Um, I'm in the steeple. Um, so I... I I had a season ticket. I always stood in the South Bank until it was built. I was in the North Bank for a season while they built it. Mm. And then I went back. So so when they built the South Bank, I had a few contacts within the club and I managed to wangle um, some seats right in the middle. So I got 10 seats for me and my mates. Uh, out of all of us, one is still there. Big up tone. Uh, he survived. He's, the, he's still in his original seat. Um, and, and I was there right up to to Dean Saunders um, to two reasons one Dean Saunders mm. um, <laughs> but but two I, I, I you know very lucky to have a little boy and I, I, I thought well when my wife became pregnant I needed to spend more time and and so the pull of the family and also I wasn't really enjoying it actually under under Solbacken and then Saunders and, and that's when I left and, and I came back shortly after in the Nuno era you know I couldn't miss this and I'm in the steeple, but I'd love to get back to the South Bank. We we had such a we we for people who didn't know we were we were the middle bit. So you had your left side and your right side. We were the middle bit, and and we were a great group of lads. Um, always trying to we had this thing about trying to make up a song for every player. Um, and uh, I've, yeah, I've got some great stories of the South Bank. Just just that camaraderie and and togetherness. And again, it's. I don't want to sound like a Wolves marketing tool, but it's the pack. It's the pack mentality, and and it's always been there. Um, and and yeah, we, like I say, we, some songs took off, some didn't. We always had a laugh, um, you, you know. And I think my 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 best song ever, which never took off, and I credit my mate behind me, Andy. Do you mind if I shall sing a song? Do you mind? No, go for it. So, <laughs> I couldn't get the Wolfpack Howlers on; they were too expensive. So you'll have to do. So this, this I'm, I'm determined this is going to take off in the South Bank, right? So bear in mind, just stood in the South Bank. So anyone in the South Bank, listen to this, right? So it's Steelers' wheel stuck in the middle with you, right? And it's, I know just why I came here tonight. I've got a feeling that everything's right. When we win, I'm going to stand on my chair. When we score, I'm going to run down the stairs. Billy's on the left to me. Bully's on the right. Here I am, stuck in the setback with you. There we there go. go. <laughs> there we go. to get that out. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not great and that's going to take off something that's going to take off <laughs> we'll be we'll be pl we'll be playing this out and we'll um yeah give us some give us some feedback if you if you like if you like the song we'll see if that gets some traction obviously remotely we're supporting and i think this is why this series has took on a little bit of a relevance as well which i didn't probably expect when i started it because the fact that you know the world has changed and we're not going to the games that um it's lovely to sort of reminisce and hope that when it's safe to do so, we'll, we'll be back again and forming those friendships and 
and memories. So in terms of the early days, um, you mentioned Muchi earlier. What other players stood out for you? And, and, and here's an interesting thing as well. I chatted on the first series about your team because I've got this fascination with the fact that we know the current team is brilliant, but is there a time in your supporting life of over 30 years where you thought that was my team because you were that emotionally involved? Does that make sense? Was there a point where you thought, oh, that's my team and that's kind of your era as such? Or, um, Yeah. I mean, we've, we've had some good teams. We've had some bad teams. But for me... It's always the the class of eighty eight, mm. the class of eighty eight. Bull, Much, um, Denison, Vaughan, uh, Downing, Floyd Street, Ali Robertson, Mark Kendall, Tomo. I'm sure I've missed somebody out, but but, but you know th- yeah. that that was my team. Um, the store distribution top for me still, although I'm not wearing it. I've got it upstairs, but I, I could probably fit it on my finger now. Um, <laughs> You know that was that was my team. That was and that was Wolves. You know Wolves have been to the the depths, and that was them coming back. That was them sticking their fingers up and saying, you know what, we we we're not. You know, as the song goes, we'll never die. We are going to come back, and and we're still a good team. Um, Bully was just. I mean, everyone. What can you say about Bully? He's a legend. He was he was one of us on the playing field. You know, up and at him, the Tipton Snotter. He was just a legend. And, and for all the comments about his first touch, he had no lack of skill and he certainly knew where the goal was. Um, Tomo, best penalty take you'll ever see, apart from in the FA Cup against Sheffield Wednesday, but that was another story. And, and, and Denison, who, you know, sweet, sweet left peg on him and, and what a player. Um, so, yeah, that was my team. And I think... Always will be. Do you think part of that is the fact that, as you referenced there, they were kind of the Renaissance team, you know, the fact that they had that, that, that era before and we, you were in the doldrums, you know, we were, it wasn't unusual to see under 5,000 at a game and it wasn't about ability. It's just the fact that that part of the history is that, yeah, they, they were relatable and they, they started the um, resurgence, oh, which we'll go into is obviously at time short-lived, but at that point, they were literally the, the Phoenix from the Flames. They were the team that were getting us out of the doldrums. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, they were one of us. That they, um, and it's different to today, obviously. I mean, football's different to today, full stop. You know, I remember when Mickey Stell played, he had the same card I had, you know. <laughs> it, 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 you know, I bumped into inside the press and he, he pulls up in his Ford Escort, you know, different world, you know, these were guys, they, they played football, but then you'd see them around the town in, like I say, in, normally in the press, you'd, you'd, have a, you'd be able to have a drink with, with Tomo or Cookie. Um, and, and they were sound lads, but, but they were good footballers. They were, you know, they were good pros. Um, and, and yeah, they started the renaissance, as you say. Brilliant. And um, what we'll do next, obviously a lot of... Um memories so far but we'll have a look at um, your, your highs and your lows after this so in terms of it's difficult to so choose a few moments but um, I, I always start this section sort of you know when, when we talk about bad news and then the good news so we'll start with the, the down times um, we won't dwell on it longer than we need to but it's important because it's part of the fabric of being a fan so is there, is there a moment or moments where 
you were at your lowest as a as a Wolves fan. What would that be? Average well, one. <laughs> 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 my, I think my first one, my first one following the Wolves was probably Aldershot in the playoffs, mm. um, 87, 88. But you know, you know, we we it felt like we were coming back, and then we just got stopped in our tracks. But actually, in hindsight, that was probably a good thing because if we were just weren't ready to go up, and when we and when we were ready the following season, we absolutely just just railroaded the fourth division, and and then you know that well again with the third, we were just too good. Um, although that year, again, Torquay in the Freight Rover Cup, you know me and my mate are sitting there. We I think we were two 0 up from the first leg, and we're working out how we get to, get to Wembley again for the second time, and. You know, I think it was 2-0 on the night and Dean Edwards scored. Dean Edwards, who, who I've since met a few times, he, he worked in a, a bar in Wolverhampton and, and and every time I saw him, I'm sure he's a lovely bloke, Dean. I, I know he's a lovely bloke, but I just I still can't face him to this day for when <laughs> I just scored those goals which knocked us out. Um, but, but, you know, I think of all the games going back, Bolton was the one, Bolton away, in the playoffs was the one that just just floored me. Um, I was I was there, and of course, you know, Burnham Park also the scene of the infamous Chorley, which oh, I wasn't one of the forty eight thousand who went to see Chorley, <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, Bolton away. It was I think it was raining. It felt like it should have been raining because it everything's normally everything bad happens in films when it rains. So in my head, it was raining. It was dark. It was cold. I'm not the tallest bloke in the world. I couldn't see a flipping thing. We were we were in this cramped corner pen. I remember the announcer, he did a great job of whipping the crowd up and he just kept on and on. I'm sure he's, he came on during the game. Come on, you Lily, what you trotters or whatever. You know, come on, the Bolton, come on, the Whites. And I, I just wanted to go and climb up the stanchion and punch him. He did my head in all game. And... Um, Talking of punching, of course, McGinley, you know, with, with the infamous punch. And, and we were giving him pelters after that. And, of course, he goes and scores. And just this, I remember him now grinning at us, you know, on the pitch and, and bully at the end. is just horrendous from start to finish. And Shilton, you know, Peter Shilton having the game of his yeah. life. Yeah. You know, they, they pulled him out of retirement, give, gave him a Red Bull and said, have a go at that, mate. And he just, he was just unreal. Um, so yeah, out of all of the guys, you know, we've we've had some, you know, Watford recently in the cup. I, I felt that um, that you know, I've always wanted to win the FA Cup, and and that hurt. But Bolton for me is is the the one. Yeah. I think you know those uh, the way you've articulated that will conjure up a lot of memories, and I think yeah, the the sunken bully, and like you say, just the the evening as as it was, and and. Yeah, just an unreal first game as well, where you know you've got this sort of keeper playing out of his skin, and and yeah, there was there was so much to it, wasn't there at the time? It was it was it was a tough time, but you know we've we've had some brighter days. You mentioned sort of the '88 team as well, uh, and obviously the, the current day. So highlights for yourself, um, you know, in terms of like, it can be down to you know success on the field or just around the walls at the time. Fondest memories you've had to, to date following Wolves? What would oh, you say? So I, I, I've got 
memories, and I was thinking about this last night, and I was writing, jotting a few things down. So I've got great games. I've got a weird game. <laughs> I've got, and I've got just events that have happened, and I'd like to share them if that's all right. Yeah, I think um, this might be a good news this segment. Actually, weird, weird game. Actually, I quite game. like that. What's your weird game then? So my weird game, and it was actually, I think it was probably in my first full season. It was in '88. So, and it'd be interesting to see if anybody remembers this because, again, I looked it up. There was eight thousand people there, right? So I remember me and my mate. There was three of us, and we were sat on the south bank because there was nobody around us reading our programs. And it was Wolves against Stockport County, okay? Mm. And the great Frank Worthington was playing for Stockport County, would you believe? Okay. And I can't remember if it was foggy at the start of the game, but it certainly got foggy during the game. So we kick off, and the fog descends, right? Mm. So we could see up to the halfway line. And that's it. And the, the game is all up the North Bank end, where there's absolutely no spectators whatsoever. <laughs> now, normally you'd think they did just stop the game, but not in those days, and the game played on. So we're, we're watching people disappear in and out of the fog, and all of a sudden, <laughs> Nigel Vaughan, if anyone remembers Nigel Vaughan, comes running out with his arms aloft. And we all like, We've scored! Yay! <laughs> um, and it was just this weird, weird sensation that we'd said we think we'd scored, but that's the reason Nigel Lords could run it out, either that or his pills coupons come in. Um, <laughs> and and then this went on and and a bit later in the game, Frank Worthington then, because we'd switched off, second half, he comes running out of the fog with his arms left. <laughs> so it was it was one all, nobody saw any goals. Um, so yeah, that's definitely one of the strangest games. Looking I back, it. I love it. I love it. I, lo- I love that idea that that yeah, each player is coming out just to keep you updated in terms of how things are going. Oh, there's another one come out now. Brilliant. And so yeah, go for it in terms of other memories that that stand out for you, be it experience or on or or off the pitch. Yeah. So I, I think another another game and and and. And this story, so I, I, I can't pin the year. We, we played Burnley at home and it was a televised game. Okay. So I reckon it was probably 2005. It would have been mid mid noughties. And, and it wasn't the best game, if I'm honest. It was blooming awful. I'm the telly. I think it was a Sunday. And I bumped into, walking to the ground, I bumped into Charlie Ross. And, and I knew Charles Ross of a load of ball fame, you know, a good mate of mine. He sat a couple of rows behind me in the South Bank. And Charles, Charles said to me pre-game, he said, oh, Knocker calls me over. He said, somebody's asked me for the lyrics to Everywhere We Go, but they haven't turned up. Do you want to get it going? Of course, you know me, you probably tell I'm not shy. I said, yeah, go on, I'll get it going. So the game kicked off and it was the dullest, flattest atmosphere you've ever seen in your life. You know, I thought, Stuff it, let's get it going. So I get this song sheet and I didn't do all the verses because if you know all of the verses, they're a bit, they're, they're not the best. So I, I did like the first couple and that's all you really needed, you know. So I did it once, it went down a storm. Everyone was up in the South Bank, you know, brilliant. And I did it like two or three times during the first half and it was great. The atmosphere was buzzing, really, really went down a storm, you know. And, uh, 
we had the old knocker as our leader and all that. It was great, brilliant. So I went down half time and this chap comes up to me and says, Knock, he says, that was amazing. You got the whole stand going, have a beer. Oh, great. Okay, so I've got a beer and I've been, I've, my mate had got me a beer anyway, so I've got two points. And then another chap tapped me on the show and says, Knock, that was amazing. And before you know it, I've got four points lined up. So <laughs> I had a couple, you know, and I, and I gave a couple away and... and so, I, because I drank them really quickly, I went back second half, and I'm now a bit, you know, a bit loose-lipped. Mm. Um, so, about 10 minutes into the second half, chap behind me, said, no, get it going again, you know, see if you can get the song going. So, I started again, everywhere we go, people where, you know, where, everywhere you go, people want to know where the hell are you from, et cetera, et cetera. And I got to, like, halfway through the second verse, and I call it getting cocky, if you will, but... I stopped reading the sheet and took my eyes away. <laughs> so it was, uh, where are you from? We're from Wolverhampton. And I just forgot where I was. And <laughs> I paused, to which point, probably a few hundred people just went, ah, like this. <laughs> um, cue a verse of Knocker is a winker, or something around those lines. <laughs> and my mates all jumped on me, pretended to beat me up, you know, <laughs> bit of banter, which was fine. So, so I'm on the floor, my mates are pretending to beat me up, and it's all a bit of a laugh. But I stood up, and my friend tapped me on the shoulder, he went, oh, my God. And I looked, and during this televised game, there's now two lines of riot police <laughs> running down either side of the pitch, because from the pitch side, it looked like there was a massive riot going on in the middle of the South Bank. And... I thought, oh no, what's going on here? And then the whole South Bank then looks at the police, turns on the police, who are you, who are you? And I'm thinking, don't make it worse. <laughs> then they start singing, Knockers caused a riot. And I'm like, <laughs> don't sing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so at which point a steward comes over to me and, and I thought, oh, here we go. I'm going to get the old elbow. I'm going to mm. be thrown out. And he, he said something, which I'll never forget. He said, it's all right, Knock. I've gone on the radio and I've told them, it's only you. <laughs> <laughs> Were you a bit disappointed <laughs> eh, with that? It's like, oh, OK. <laughs> it's, it's only Knock. It's only... <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was, and, and you know, I, I, got, I got back after the game and it all calmed down. It was all fine. But that night in Wolverhampton, I only meant to have a quick pint and go. And I think I was out till three. I couldn't, every pub I went into, I was just, you know, it was the, the funniest thing you've ever seen at a football ground. Brilliant. Um, and, and uh, yeah, and I think I, I went into infamy from that point onwards. Everybody bloody knew me. And uh, it was really funny, really funny day. I'm so glad I didn't get my seat took off me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first man to be, cause a riot for forgetting his song lyrics. <laughs> and then it all escalated from there. Oh. And, and and yeah, and that was it. I was, you know, you know, I, I sort of became a bit of a, a well-known person in the South Bank from then on, and and I bit in the middle, and we, we had such a laugh. Much to the point that another another one of my favourite ever games was the 2009 versus QPR, mm-hmm. uh, when we Evans um, Evans Blake scored the goal, which took us up. And, and by by chance, that ha- also happened to be my stag do. So just just the way it worked out, you know, I'd arrange my stag do on this, I thought, pick a home game. It was this QPR game. 
Um, great match. Um, we went out and we all we all had a few beers in in the town afterwards. But at half time, I was a few of my friends at the club because it was my stag and it was a special day. That arranged for me to have this framed presentation on the pitch, and um, I'd sort of been told about the day before, say, look, don't go anywhere at half time. We've got something for you. Mm. You might be asked to go down on the pitch. So. I'm there first half and, and sort of five minutes into the, to go to the to half time, this steward calls me over. Go on, Dave Powell, yeah, okay, on, on you go. And of course, everyone around us is like, where are you going? Where are you going? So, see you later, I'll see you later. And as I'm work, walking down the stands, like, knock, where are you going? I'll see you later, I'll see you later. <laughs> so I walk around the pitch and, and I'm waiting to come on. And Chris Ulumo is there and he's, he's the guy who's going to give me this frame thing. And uh, and I could hear Knocker is our leader from the South Bank. And I'm like, oh, blimey, that's loud. <laughs> you know, as I'm waiting to come on. And it suddenly turned into Knocker is a wanker. <laughs> as, I'm, as I'm beginning to walk onto the pitch. And Chris Ulumo, he, he, he looked and he said, who are they singing about? And I said, oh, I said, that'll be me. <laughs> and he went, fair play, son. He said, that, that's awesome. I said, well, they are calling me a... Well, you know, <laughs> and he said, "Mate, you know how long it took me to get a crowd to sing about me?" He said, "Mate, that's awesome!" And he gave me a fist bump. He gets fair play good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, good times. Brilliant, brilliant. And I think it just ties in with the the camaraderie and you know the sort of spirit of being on on the terraces. And you know, we can we can talk about games in terms of on the pitch and you know performances, but. Yes, they're remembered, but also just the being there in a, in a game, as you mentioned, the Burnley game, pretty uneventful, which can just change. And I, I don't know about you, and we've probably spoke about this before, and I think people can relate. I think it's that humour, when, particularly when things aren't going well, um, where now and again, particularly the South Bank, just comes alive. There's many second halves where things are shit let's be honest on the pitch and there's been points where we've gone what is happening and then all the old songs come out and there's just that feel and, yeah. I don't, and it's just kind of that mentality which is great and I think Wolves fans get a bit of stick and some of it I, I, I can take on board and some of it I can't because I think with that crowd and particularly that end there's something about the humour and I don't know if it's a black country thing or not but yeah when it gets behind its team and finds humour in sometimes dark moments it, just talking about it now makes the goosebumps sort of stand up. There's, there's, there's something special there, isn't there? I think it is a, it is a black country thing. It is a, it's something. I, I mean, I, I, I'm very, very proud to be a Wolf Rooney, and I'm proud to, to, to be where I'm from. And, and there's such a warmth and an honesty about the town, and it is still a town for me. I know we're a city, but you, you know, it's a town. It's the man on the horse. It's, it's, it's everything that's about Wolverhampton, and and yeah, I, I think there's that open, honest, your heart's on your sleeve, you know. And, and it was something Steve Morgan used to say, and love him or loathe him. But what he did used to say was, "You, you kick one, and we all limp." And mm. and I, I, I get that, you, mm. you know. And yeah, we, well, we know hoops. We've got a saying: you never, we never let the football get in the way of a day at the football. Yes. yes. And and you, you know, win, lose, or draw, we have a laugh, and and we we're mates, and. And this is why I think at the moment, you, you know, 
it, it's a massive miss and I'll miss you and I miss the guys and you can watch it on a telly and it's great seeing the games but you know see walking into the pub before a game giving everyone a hug yeah how are you doing having a laugh that camaraderie it's it's the bit that I can't wait to get back to um because that for me is what it's about it's not yeah yeah these guys are very important they're multi-millionaires and they're but for me, that's just the framework that everything else is hung on. And that that is people, it's memories. And, and you know, we, you mentioned the pack. I mean, I'm 34 years. I, I've, I, I've met people. We've, we've, we've formed groups. We've joined groups. I, I know people who've, who've become in relationships, got married, had children off the back of us, like, all meeting each other at the football you, you know, and creating this family. And again, I keep saying the pack, you know, um, it, it's what it's all about. Yeah, but, you know, don't don't apologise for it because, you know, this is what, this is why I titled the series as, as I did, Stories from the Pack, because, you know, yes, it's something the club have jumped on board, but it's something we've always had. And as, as you're referencing there, which which I'll let you go into in, in a bit of detail now, but you, you sort of touched upon it there about the pack and what it means to you. So, um, I always just take a moment now, just have a, have a think about it because it, it probably means something different to to each fan. But um, yeah, I mean, for for me, it is the camaraderie and and it's the fact that I quite like the fact that I meet people from different backgrounds and different upbringings that I wouldn't probably be you know mixed with ordinarily because they wouldn't perhaps socialise in the same circles or, ha- or perhaps have the same hobbies. But there's this binding factor which is is the football team and um i think we've known certainly in recent years just how strong that pack is so yeah talk me through sort of what being a fan and being part of the pack means to you well i, I think we we touched on it already but it's mm. like i say that's the team is the focal point it's the framework it's that common goal but but around that team i mean we're lucky to have great mates Oops, you, you know, um, I mean, many friends, and I've I've got many different groups as well, um, all all little groups of fans. But but the one thing that unites everybody is that, well, Saturday I say Saturday three o'clock, Monday seven o'clock, whatever it is, <laughs> yeah, it's that time where we come together at a game, and and it, it's just that togetherness that that, and I'm sure every every you know, Wolves aren't unique no. uh, i think i think we're stronger than most but we're not unique every every football fan will identify with this you come together on a match day you know I, i'll leave you and not go to the bar and i'll bump into somebody else and somebody else you know it takes 20 minutes to get to the bar because you're saying hello to everyone and mm. you, you you some of them i don't know their names but i know i see them every week and we'll we'll yeah. we'd have had a chat once which means that's it now. We've got to have a chat every time. And it's great, you know, you chew the fat. And and then they'll add me on Facebook. I'm like, oh, that's what your name is. You know, it, it's really... But this is some part of it. It's this big extended family and we are a family. You know, like I say, you kick one, we all limp. And, and, and you know, we, 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 we found this recently in my hoops when we, we lost a member of, of our family in, in Cully and in a, in a guy that... Um, sadly lost his life recently and, and the way that again I, I think I think his family were really touched and 
heartened by the fact that everybody rallied round, and not just us, but Wolves as well. And and that's what makes it special. You, you know, you see people like Graham Hughes, who's been part of the furniture for years and years and years, and and when Foz went and that, you, you know, and and everybody talks about this, the Wolves team and the the club, but. The behind the scenes, you know, people behind the scenes are a real family, and, and it's it it's it's a real it's a it's a real balance to keep it as a family and not to become this superpower, mm. this is this, this untouchable giant. And I really hope they don't, you know, you know um, and they keep that family feel. Yeah, and I think you know. Um, you mentioned Cully there and, you know, I'm sure we'll both want to perhaps dedicate this episode to him um, yeah. because Cully, Cully was a dear friend for, for people listening as, as, as Knocker reference there. We lost sadly um, last year, but through adversity, um, the, the, the pack, you know, is, is what, how I referenced the fans early when times are tough on and off the pitch, you know, you see a resilience and, you know, we, um, through that, difficult situation um we became i would say closer and i would say you know we, we were close um to the to Cully's family at the point where they probably didn't know his wolves family and his wolves pack and you know that you, you have your family back and you have your wolves pack and and actually we're fortunate and many listening will know that that is one of the same as well so um yeah I, it's yeah. It, you know, through through difficult times, I think, and and also, you know, you referenced earlier in, in in this episode the fact that you know you're missing that sort of camaraderie, and 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 then it makes it stronger than ever. And I think, um, yeah, but being being a pack just just fits, doesn't it, really? Um, yeah, I mean, we, wolves are a marketer's dream. You know, they really are. Mm. As 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 a businessman myself, you know, the the badge, the colours, the pack. It is a marketing dream, and I can see why Fosun were drawn to it. Um, but but they are they have values which are true and they're real. And and I, I go back to my first game, you know that on late late Noria at home, just four thousand. But but it was evident then as it is today. It's it's just that then a marketing team didn't wise up to it and pick up on it and say, you know what, we could make some money with this. But it's always been there, yeah. and and I hope it always is. And and just on that, really, so, you know, this, this pod is about nostalgia, and I think that's hopefully what, what people are enjoying, and, and I'm enjoying, you know, listening to these stories. But we'll, we'll touch on the current day. Um, I'll make it time-sensitive for when this goes out. So we've, we've just, our last game has, this, has gone out. It was a disappointing defeat against West Ham. A great game. Yes, we've got Fulham coming up, but... <laughs> Not just that game, to kind of make it more relevant, but in terms of the current season, how do you see it and how, where do you think at this early stage we may finish? And uh, yeah, how are you seeing things so far for this season? If you'd have asked me before the season started, I would have said, you know, you know, the journey's been amazing. Um, my, my wife often asks me, you know, she's because when I, when I was when I was younger, I first I was very proud to say, oh, you're Man U and you're Liverpool and you're Everton fans, you support your local club, you know, and I was very proud of that. And, and we're not plastics, we're proper supporters and we're proper fans and we support a proper club. And my, my wife often says, you know, how do you feel that Wolves could be becoming one of these clubs that everybody else supports because they're good? Mm. And 
and I have total double standards. And I'm like, I don't care. I love it. It's great. <laughs> I love that we're becoming finally this club that I always read about. Um, so if, you, if you'd have asked me a few weeks ago, I'd have said a bit a continuation of that journey of improving. With a stand, with a settled squad, and seeing them, you know, become a bit more older, and and that seems to, I, I think this season's going to be fascinating. So Nuno's obviously, he said, right, I'm here for another three years. I've talked about this cycle. He's obviously refreshing the team, and um, and yeah, we've just come off the back of West Ham, and and it looks like this this reboot is stuttering. But but I, you know, I read, I, I read. All the fans, the, the fan sites, Molyneux Mix, etc., and Twitter, and I listen. I listen to all of the fan casts and, and the podcasts. I, I think let's just remember where we were this time last year. We were in the bottom reaches of the table, mm. and it was fine. And and I, I think we are in a new cycle. It's going to be exciting, you know. As I, as I sit here today, there's rumours of Dendonka possibly going. Whether that comes to pass or not, don't know. But it certainly looks like. The, the team behind the scenes, you know, uh, Nuno's technical team have said, right, let's refresh it, let's reboot it. And we're going to go on another journey. You know, the last three years weren't too bad and I'm really excited. I, I, Nuno, for me, he is, as well as being a great football manager, I think he's a great man manager and a great strategist. And, and you know, you saw that against Olympiacos at the end when he... When he gets the whole team, you know, mm. he could have dragged the tea lady on the pitch if he could. Mm. And I think he's just he's just amazing. So I full trusted him, put faith in him, he'll get it right. And 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 just be just before we close, um, you mentioned journey there. So I think it's remiss if I don't kind of charter your journey. So late and orient to Europe as well last year. <laughs> So that you know, was that kind of a moment for you when you kind of did you have a moment when you were out there following them in Europe and thinking, "Wow, how did this happen?" Yeah, uh, yeah. The first, the first game um, at home in Europe, Torino was it at home? So well, it would have been uh, well, Crusaders. I think was the first one of the qualifiers, and then yeah, yeah Crusaders, yeah. Crusaders, and that was weird seeing Europa music and having the branding yeah. everywhere. Um, I think Torino was one where I thought, wow, we, no, it's a decent side. Yeah. Going away to Braga, yeah. you know, sat in an, I was sat in an airport with my passport going to watch a Wolves game. <laughs> yeah, not your bus pass, but your passport. That. <laughs> yeah, looking around Manchester airports and it's full of Wolves fans thinking, yeah. wow. You know, and I've, you know, like I say, like Norton, I was going away to Aldershot, going away to Northampton Town, you know. Um, Swansea, the old vetch, you know, going from those grounds to to this was just unbelievable. But but you know, the Wolves marketed a few years ago, didn't they? The roller coaster, and although it's probably not the best to portray, it's certainly true. It has been a proper roller coaster. And you know what? I, I wouldn't have it any other way, hoops. No, because I I almost feel for the the closet Man U and Liverpool fans who've never gone. And I always say you need to have the lows to experience beating Man U in the FA Cup with Jota scoring that goal, coming back against Man City on that, that night where the ground, you could feel it hovering. Such was the atmosphere. You know, you've got to get the lows to appreciate those highs. Well, I think on that, that's probably a good place to, to close. So, uh, Mr. Powell, knock at. 
thank you very much for, for coming on board. I know you've supported the fan cast, so thank you. It's just great to catch up as a, as a mate as well. And I hope everybody will enjoy, and, and I'm sure many of those stories um, will bring a smile and a, and a good memory to, to people as they're listening. So just as we close, again, thank you to everybody who continues to support the fancast. If you like what we do, please leave us a five-star review. Uh, we're going to continue with this stories from the pack this series. We've got loads of episodes to come, but you can listen back via the website. We've also got the film cast, Alternative Hall of Fame, and the regular pod. So... Thank you for listening and from both of us, um, we'll see you soon.